welcome. Keen on Things podcast. Thanks for joining me Monday morning, very early. Very early? Come on. Uh, episode 24, guys. Not even close. Episode 23. I jumped the gun. I had next week's outline right in front of me. Uh, episode 23, outdoor comedy. Yeah, whatever. Uh, getting adjusted to being home. You know, I've been home. Uh, I was gone a month back. Almost a week now. Almost a week. Back about uh, five or six days. And uh, it's good to be back. It's good to be on the road and it's good to be back. Both things were good, right? Mid to late summer here. Depends on where you live. In Southern California, it's right in the middle of summer. But uh, other places that are going back to square. Oh, goodness. I uh, had a great weekend. They're all great, right? Even the bad ones. Um, God, I hate to be a diva, but it really takes time getting used to returning to normal life after you've been gone for a few days, even a week, if you've been gone uh, that time. If you left home and, and been gone more than a week or 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 longer, more than a week or longer, I, I think you know about that, right? Uh, whether it's vacation or work, doesn't matter. The readjusting is a little work. That's got to include everyone, right? Everyone's maybe not. I don't know. Some people don't get a chance to get away, uh, which sucks. You need that break. You need to get away. You need to look at your life through different lenses. The refresher, right? When I drive Uber, when hopefully when I drove Uber, <clears throat> but when I drive Uber, um, some something I. I may have to go back to, hopefully not. I would pick people up in the hood hood, and drive them to the valley or wherever, different part of town. Regardless of race, the hood can mean all races. Uh, different part of town, bus station, train station, just a different part of L.A. And they'd have full bags packed like they were going overseas. Like at first I thought, oh, I'm taking this person to the airport. And then I realized, okay, this person probably isn't someone who flies you can tell by the baggage and maybe their parents uh, maybe having a rough go of it, whatever. Uh, but, you know, they weren't going overseas. They were going over freeways. That's all. But they were excited or relieved. And I was excited or relieved for them. They were just changing zip codes, maybe. But uh, they were getting away. And uh, you could see it. You could see the same, you know, like a rich family going to Europe or, you know, Hawaii or something some remote tropical island you see that same excitement in someone with a bag that may have duct tape on it who is just going to the valley it's the same level of uh, excitement for something new and a little bit of change maybe they're sleeping with someone who has air conditioning and uh, they don't even care about that person or they mildly do but uh, it ever it ever so Returning home after being gone four weeks, it can take some decompression, you know? Uh, so that's what I've been doing for the past week. Doing the road for more than a week, like if you have a gig, like I, I would often put gigs together, weekend gigs together in the Midwest, in the South, in the Northeast. Should I just name areas of the country? Or maybe they didn't connect that well, but it was tough to get to. But it was easier than coming all the way back to L.A. and then going all the way back out to, you know, Arkansas or whatever like that. Missouri. I'll, cu I'll cut that last syllable off a of state's name. I'm crazy like that. So, um, but you know, I, you know, you string that second, third, fourth week in a row, it gets exhausting. I was out once for three months cause I, I wasn't the um, headliner making money, making, you know, necessarily two grand a week, 
but uh, if you're making six, seven, eight hundred a week, maybe maybe a thousand, you don't want to fly all the way back. So you uh, string that together with a few more weeks in a row. Uh, but I was out for three months once. It, uh, it's because I wasn't happy with my life in LA at the time, and I was just avoiding being here. So I was like, I just want to stay gone or be gone. But that's definitely not necessary. You don't need to live like that. I mean, especially with the internet now, you can make money through these other ways, these other channels. You can sell merchandise if you're an up-and-coming comic. That will help. Definitely not, Jesus, not, obviously not CDs and DVDs anymore. Links to your work online help, and then T-shirts are a good one. Um, but uh, but my point is it takes, it, it takes almost a week. I, I'd say almost a week to get back into the flow when you've been gone a long time. Oh, I almost sang that song. Since you've been gone, since you've been gone, I'm out of my head since you've been... Okay, uh, it's not just a time zone thing or a jet lag thing. It just takes, you know, you're getting reacquainted with your environment again, your pattern, your clothes, your bed, home, bathroom, your sheets. Uh, so it's your sheets. Yeah. Good to be back, kind of, pillows. Good to be back, man. I, 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 uh... I've gone, I'm just comforter now. I just went to the comforter. I took, I took off uh, two of the blankets that I have in winter and then uh, one of the sheets. I'm just going with the comforter for a month or two. I don't even use that. It might like, I might start with it or about two, three in the morning, grab it. But uh, yeah, man, I'm, I'm naked above all sheets and blanks with the uh, fan on my body, full bore. Uh, and then maybe at two or three, I uh, turn the fan around. I like the sound as the muffler. There might be some sweat accruing on my pillows. It's hot here, man. Not Arizona hot. But again, LA hot can be worse because we don't handle it as well, right? AC is way more expensive. We have blackouts more. The power goes out more. And we have fires that will kill us a little bit more, it seems like. We just, we just, Arizona's just equipped. They're, they're like, yeah, we're on lockdown from late June till whatever, October. But, but we do not have, uh, I don't know, the capacity in some ways. I'd really like to not be in Southern California every year in August somehow. I hope to figure that out. Maybe you get a place up in Jackson Hole for that month, for the fam, for the Arizona fam. Cut to me at 100 saying the exact same thing. Yeah, I don't want to be here in August. Um, I don't know how some families get back to town and then they hit school and work the next day. That's got to be incredible. The Julians, you know, all the traveling they did. We knew them in grade school and high school. Down south, they did a lot of traveling the whole clan and like, boom, they get back on a Sunday. I think, I don't know. I'm assuming all I know is that they travel. I have no idea what their schedule was, but you know, families that get back, boom, and they can step right into school and, uh, work the next day. I don't know. Maybe that is their comfort zone. They've done it so much. Not all travelers, not just the Julians. That's a good family though, man. I'm glad we knew them. Uh, the heat in LA has, uh, has been bad. That's the difference of heat in LA and Arizona. But you know what? We don't need to blast AC after 8 p.m. Like in some of these places. Not that places are even open anymore, so that's it. that's not even relevant. But like Arizona Airport, Sky Harbor, you'll catch pneumonia in that place. It's like it just needs to be more comfortable than outside. It doesn't need to be, you know, 50 below zero in here. Uh, so, yeah, it, it is good to be back and just like, okay. And you can just get days together, uh, string days together, and just like slowly projects done whatever projects are for you i've got 10 books sitting on my table by my bed uh i almost called it a nightstand 
but uh, I don't know if that's for little girls. Can grown heterosexual men have nightstands? What about a hope chest? That might be too far. I have a hope chest. I've got like 10 books. I've started three of them. I'm still reading one of them. It's funny. They can, but you can, you can do that. And they say focus on one, but they can be like streaming shows because just because one is really dense and you need like, and you maybe read 10 pages in the morning, maybe 20, maybe five. It doesn't mean you can't go read another less dense book all day and then go back to the more dense one later. It's okay to read two to three at a time, I think. Or should we focus on one? Right. Dial. Call me in. Call me in. Write in. Call in. Uh, all right. Here's a good book for relationships and love of self, which is, uh, you'd think it would be more. Uh, I'm 47. You'd think I'd have that a little bit more. But uh, you're always working on yourself, right? And uh, so I started reading The Mastery of Love by Don Miguel Ruiz. The Mastery of Love. And it's all about that self-love and uh, how you got to love yourself. And then that builds to uh, other great things in your life, employment and relationships and stuff like that. And, and that's what it's about. You don't put it on a pedestal for other people. I read The Four Agreements years ago. It's a very good, very good book. And you can feel you read these books. This is my second of the, done, of the DMRs. And uh, you can feel weight lifted off your chest as you read some of these uh, anecdotes, sentences, phrases, concepts, you can just, you can breathe. You're like, oh my God, you know, these weird discoveries that you've known all along, uh, but you just needed to see the words in print. Yet somehow it's familiar that you're seeing it for the first time. That's a good sentence. It's familiar, yet you're seeing it for the first time in those words. Isn't that crazy? I guess that's what stand up is. You reach a thought or a philosopher, you reach a thought before that other person does you beat them to the punch and then they present it to you in a creative quick way and not a, a boring long droll drawn out way but uh yeah again these weird discoveries you've known all along and you read them and you're just like oh my god that was like a mental organism orgasm that was a synapse that just went off um and i want to share a sentence from this book i um i love this sentence so much you know i i took a snapshot of this sentence and I sent it to some people this weekend. Uh, snap. Do people still say snapshot? Slapshot was a good movie. That was one of the better sports movies. That was about hockey. Okay, so that took almost 10 minutes for me to get to sports. But this time it's about hockey. Do people still say snapshot? Why do I need to ask if people still say snapshot? Shouldn't I know? I've been on Earth in America. I didn't go anywhere. Isn't that funny how society develops around us and we were here the whole time? Like, all of a sudden, there's a new phrase. It's like, you don't know that? You've been here. Like, I guess we can't keep track of all things all the time. We don't know the new trends, even though we've been right here all along sometimes. I was out of the country for three years in the 90s, but that was a long time ago. Sometimes I think I was there for longer because I'm so out of the loop on things. Anyway, I want to share this sentence that comes about a third of the way through this book. And these books are filled with things like this, right? And it's, it's discussing relationships and self-acceptance and self-love and the whole notion that we need to find that special someone to make us complete, to make us happy, as if it's out there waiting and, and, and it's, it's incumbent upon us to find that person if we want happiness, you know, to make us full, to make us happy. As if, oh, no, no, you're not allowed to be happy yet. No, 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 no. Don't worry about self-development and all that. You, you go find someone and, and, and get married and you build and the happiness, you know, the happiness comes in the midst of that that you need an exact partner for every phase of your life in order to be happy. And this book 
And these passages contest that, and it makes more sense. And here it is. Here's the sentence, Jesus, that took forever to get to. Okay, quote, if you are aware that nobody else can make you happy, and that happiness is the result of love coming out of you, this becomes the greatest mastery. End quote. Right? Don't put your happiness on other people's shoulders. Bring that to the table yourself. You work on yourself, and then you start attracting people that you want to attract. That's what I found. Right? Of course, someone in your life, your lover, your partner, can add to the happiness, but that should be just added bonus. Right? Shouldn't be the end-all, be-all. Don't think someone's going to come along and change your everything. Do you want your everything changed? Okay. Prince Charming your ass. You should already be existing and making happiness in your own life. Don't wait. Something great comes along. Boom. Hop on it. The concept of being rescued by someone is insane. Rescue yourself. Get therapy. Explore yourself. Challenge yourself. Read. Experiment. Be your best you. It sounds trite, but it's all true. You need someone to be your therapist and lover and friend and guardian and financial source. Yikes, that's a lot to put on someone. All right. Sounds like, you know, you need a sugar daddy, but then you're going to cheat on that sugar daddy. It varies person to person, right? Religion to religion, couple to couple. That person, I, I think this can apply to any religion. My God, why would it not? That person may come along at any point in your life, but you shouldn't even worry about that. Fix self. Not even fix, just build better. No fixing. So you're not going to get through life with no uh, no damage. So don't don't try necessarily. We're responsible for our own happiness, right? We're responsible for our own happiness. We're responsible for our own orgasms. Uh, I don't. I think I don't know for sure about the orgasms part. I would think maybe. I mean, I, w I would think you kind of have to be responsible for your partner's orgas orgasms a little bit. You work together on that. But, uh, you know, the line from Kevin Costner's movie, Field of Dreams, great, 1989, I believe. God, I love that movie. There's some, just a tranquility about it. If you build it, he will come. Or, or it will come. Somebody or something will come if you build it. Sometimes, you know... Um, you know, build it like nest, like like build yourself, and then people are drawn to you. It's not not all your love should be found in the bars, in the club. You know, the true stuff isn't. It depends on what you're looking for. Sometimes some of my friends who are girls, so they'd be female friends in their forties, all ages really, thirties, even fifties. They say they're looking for a man. I can tell that they don't need another person in their life. They're happy. You know, they do the hikes and they've got a pet. Um, and I, I, just, I just, sometimes I ask, I'm like, do, do you want sex or a man? Because, I mean, do you want the full relationship? I, I think a lot of the time, I don't think you do. It doesn't seem like it. you just kind of need something once in a while. But uh, people think they do for their happiness. To some, to many, sex has to come within the confines of a relationship, which is fine. Uh, but my God, we put on, we put so much on a relationship. That person has to solve 10 out of 10 things for us. It's insane. It's okay for there to be six or seven things match up and the relationship can be great to me anyway. And you find the three or four somewhere else. Just communicate with the partner, right? 
You guys have to be open and honest, which is tough. Be yourselves. Communicate, communicate, communicate. I had a landlord once that uh, I forgot to tell him I was going to pay rent like three days late and five days late, and they wanted to evict me. Mike still lives there, Mike O'Connell. Brian Keith Etheridge, we all live there. A bunch of others. But um, he's like, okay, we're not going to evict. Just you have to let me know, okay? Communicate, communicate, communicate. Uh, and so Aaron Cater and I, we uh, we use that phrase. A lot of us do. It's fun. Okay, wrapping up a podcast here. This should be it. Um, we're about halfway through. I can't imagine anybody's listening at this point, but whatever. Thanks for staying with me. It's like very intimate as I'm in my bunker, just in my closet. If you see the, uh, the, the picture that represents this podcast, there's hangers, secretly like wire hangers, and it looks like... Uh, I'm just in my closet, which is what I'm doing, which is what once I visual, once I have these up on YouTube and tape these uh, for video, I think I'll do the backdrop will be a closet or something. Um, okay. So yeah, really trying to stay on top of things during the pandemic. I, you know, it's not loosening up, but it kind of is. I think we're learning our own uh, thresholds and how much we want to push it, each one of us. Um, so I'm reading the Don Miguel Ruiz. I'm watching some after school YouTube videos, school spelled S K O O L after school S K O O L YouTube videos, trying to stay positive, even if I have to lie to myself, you know, and this heat and no air conditioning, it compounds all this pandemic and, and non-employment status and suffering and death and, you know, the protests and the upcoming impending election, who are you voting for China or Russia and the election guys. So um, anyway, use this time, reset your life where it needs resetting, build good habits. It's a good time to do it. It's, any, it's always a good time to do it. But um, these after school videos on YouTube are great. Um, Alan Watts, W-A-T-T-S, English professor who died 50 years ago, very wise, um, stresses not to always try to solve things right away. Learn to stand in the tension, you know. I got to get home to do this. Eh, that this will be at home when you get there. We have deadlines, but don't don't obsess. You know, something I need to work on. Problems solved in a rush are problems solved in the wrong way. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, we have to stand in the pocket. We have to stand. We also have to stand not being liked all the time. Okay, it's gonna happen. Just there's no much. No matter how much goodness you're putting out there, there's just people that aren't gonna dig, man. Uh, the only meditation is uh oh the only the only meditation exercise is stopping thinking stop thinking that's your meditation right disconnect and by doing so you're connecting being able to conceive without conceptualizing what you're looking at uh and some of that i get it right i get it um and you embrace it and you get into that this thinking right and then you go away for a day or two or you get off it and it doesn't take long for the old habits to, to return but i thought that was so fun like you know meditation the only meditation is stop thinking and i was like okay cool like um so that's some alan watts stuff he died in the uh, early 70s great smart english uh, philosopher and humanitarian human being uh, but these after school videos, they're all kinds. They're like voiced over animated things. So it's like this cute little cartoon. You know, we were all raised on cartoons. And uh, especially our generation. I don't know if the kids have. I guess they do. It's different. It's different. I love the Smurfs, man. Okay. 
Uh, about two-thirds of the way done. Did a show this weekend at Bistro K in Laguna Niguel, and it's just amazing. Katya Bagata, Tony, Tony Bagata, her father, they, they have this restaurant, and uh, used to be hotel across the the restaurant across the street from the hotel laguna which is awesome i think that's now nick's but uh now they have this they have a parking lot now never could have done a comedy show there but they're running a great restaurant in laguna niguel and it's a european new york feel it's italian but in a suburban almost beachside community almost they're right there it's kind of beachside it's just down uh down niguel and down crown valley from the water um beachside community of orange county it's a good hybrid you know it's a good hybrid. Outdoor, social distance show. Um, Augie Smith, Karen Rontowski, Dwayne Perkins were all on the lineup. Augie and his wife Julie came down for a night away. It was nice. Very nice evening. I'm huge fans of all three of these comics. And, um, you know, find Augie, Karen, Karen Rontowski, Dwayne Perkins, and Augie Smith. You can follow them, find them online, streaming their specials. Okay. And uh, I just want to say this real quick about an outdoor patio show. Wherever, in Orange County or wherever, stand-up comedy is is hard in a club. Enclosed, amplification, expectations of funny. To put that outside with tricky sound and lighting and servers walking by, which they need to do, with people spaced away from each other and such, um, eating at a distance, the, the sun's still out. <laughs> There's really no opportunity for comedy momentum, right? It's quite challenging. It's almost, it's almost not stand-up kind of, you know. And if this show continues monthly, most likely, hopefully, uh, there's there's gonna be some comics. I friends, I talked about this before. I just can't put up on the show. If any of them are listening to this, which they're not, not even close, let me come to you. Trust me, I'll come to you. Okay. The show's not going to change your career. The money's not going to change your career uh, for this show. So let me just put you accordingly. And nothing's stopping you from running a show. So don't get mad at me if I don't book you. I just can't afford a comic that's going to be crass, that's going to be inexperienced, more inexperienced, really. You know, there's too many variables. I get two to three comics a month to put up. It's probably going to be two a month. It's going to be me and two other comics per month. Okay? I've been doing this 20 years, two decades. You think I'm going to go with people that have been doing it less than you know, 10 years. Okay. Dwayne, Dwayne's been doing it 25 years, maybe 30 years. You got to trust me. One bad set will send people away forever. People won't come back to that show. If, if someone's got two to three minutes of either crass stuff or just uncomfortable stuff, or they're just not that good. Nobody wants that cringe stuff, you know? And by cringe, I mean like, Oh, this person's up there. This is more therapy than comedy. You know, it's my friend's restaurant who I grew up with. I can't afford to just throw Amateur Night at the Apollo up there, you know? And yes, it's more of a cruise ship crowd than a comedy club crowd. Um, and the people, the comics I've had so far can work both, can work cruise ships, can work comedy clubs, can work corporate, can work colleges. It's all, comedy's all about the seas, right? Uh, corporate colleges, you know, comedy clubs, stuff like that. Um, there's more. There's like two or three more. But it's an interesting sociology experiment, you know, making different groups of people laugh. Age, race, socioeconomic situation, demographic, time of day, type of venue. That all ties in. In the end, though, go be funny. Write, be funny, be yourself. I have nothing against most comics. Some I have plenty against. Um, but it's a weird, it's just a weird uh, 
uh, situation. It's a weird tightrope of a comedy show. It's outside. Uh, it's in a parking lot. You know, acoustics are a little tricky. Uh, people are eating. And we can't have that many people there. It's almost, it's more social than it is stand-up. I mean, I love doing it. I love seeing people. I hope we can do it. I love Katya and the Bogatas. And, and it's going to be a great thing. It'll just suck to have to say no to people doing the show. That's it. But it's in everyone's best interest in the end. And, like... It's funny when some comics were so self-indulgent, so self-absorbed, that it's like, well, I got better there and I learned. That doesn't help the audience. The comic who comes and fails there will walk away and either blame the setup and the audience, or they'll be like, well, I'm going to get better at working these type of shows. And it becomes a motivational tool for them, which is great, but where does that put us? Where does that put the venue? Either way, the show suffers. Just because it became a learning experience for that comic, it doesn't help the show. The audience isn't going to be like, well, he wasn't funny, but hopefully he learned from this. You know, we can go home. Let's go home and talk about how he's going to learn from this. It prevents customers from returning. It's a restaurant gig. I almost want to run a second show down there where I can just book anyone. I may do that. Just a little more liberating, you know, like a, a bar show, less stringent situation. And sorry, I can't book you for the restaurant gig, but here's the bar show I'll throw you into. Might be a good thing. Then I could stay down there an extra night every month. Uh, but anyway, it's an Orange County show. Uh, educated travel to Orange County peeps. That's not always the case. They're a little more towards the water. You know, they're not inlanders. Um, so, uh, you know, a little more affluence. A little more, uh, you like to think. So they're a little more open-minded. Not as right-leaning. Uh, not as blind. Plenty plenty of that. But uh, uh, anyway, what's that got to do with anything? There's space. It's peaceful. Uh, it's a good show. Good food. Well-run establishment. And I think the next one will be Saturday, September 26th, which will be the night before my birthday. Uh, Saturday, September 26th, about 7 p.m. Bistro K, Laguna de Gale, California. Um, okay, how are we doing on time? We're at 26 minutes. Okay. Uh, what did I saw this weekend that I really liked? I'd never seen Bill and Ted's Adventure. Saw that. Those two characters did a great job. Man, they really had to sell that. I watched the original Westworld with Ewell Brenner. Fantastic. Watched Midnight Express. Gnarly. Have a tweet about it. Watched Inequality for All. Documentary by Robert Reich. He's Clinton's former Secretary of Labor. Fantastic. Fights for the underdog. Um, a lot of it's because of his upbringing. You know, he's one of those golden human beings. He's a little guy and he jokes about it, but he's brilliant and loving, which is just fantastic. You don't see enough of that. Uh, he can't believe the super rich can get away with paying less a percentage of taxes than their employees uh, and all the little tricks that are available to them. Warren Buffett even admits to it. And uh, then the super rich fight it, of course. And the middle and the lower caste suffer. As a result, the infrastructure suffers and the country suffers. And uh, you wonder why you can't get good service at a restaurant or a fast food place or why there's so much gritty, toothless characters at these roadside uh, convenience stores that you stop at when you're making your summer trips uh middle lower class vote against their economic interests very tragic i grew up around some very rich people some earned their riches a lot did not and let me tell you something very few care about the poor okay some but uh in those in those uh these people they're raised in private catholic schools with god and jesus at the center of their lives supposedly and uh they don't give a flying fuck about people all right anyway uplifting documentary so uh no matter how dark it gets there is still compassion in the world and so that was a good thing to see um this guy who uh he was bullied man he was bullied as a kid 
and uh, one of his protectors growing up was one of the guys in Mississippi Burning who died, one of the victims. He was a white guy, and uh, he was going down to Mississippi to help black voters uh, register to vote, black citizens register to vote, and obviously you know that story. They were murdered, and their bodies were buried and eventually found, and uh, Gene Hackman was in that movie with William Dafoe, and that was a great... Are you kidding me, those two together? Both have been in Wes Anderson films. It all comes full circle. So, anyway... Um, but that's a lot. And I swore, now I'm going to have to put this as an explicit episode, which is a bummer. Okay, we got to wrap this up. Um, let's see. Steve Byrne is leaving. He's going to Nashville, him and his family. I was at his house last night. He and Jess and the kids are about to go to Nashville. Might be the last time I see them for a while. Gary Cannon, Monterey Martinez, we were there. So fun. Steve's dad. Steve was there. We laughed. We cried. We didn't cry. We laughed. Uh, it's weird when you feel community in L.A. It's almost like, what is this? What's these uh, tears, emotions? Um, not that we had that, but, you know. Uh, I forget what that's like sometime. He's leaving in L.A. in less than a month. Really bummed, but happy for him, happy for the kids. They're going to go to good schools and stuff like that. So many people you'd like to see leave L.A. He's definitely not one of them, um, but that's okay. Okay, now we're going to do uh, a little something, guys. The part of the show called Patrick Keene's Tweets of the Weeks. Yes, it's the Tweets of the week by patrick keen on monday i tweeted i'm old enough to remember owning just one mask <laughs> remember that like back in march april you're like i just need one right maybe two now i have like seven and i still can't find one when i need it uh on tuesday i tweeted joe biden comma inventor of hate voting <laughs> you know hate like when you have hate sex you like you uh, which i don't think i've ever done where you're just having that you're doing the act with someone you can't stand and you're just mm, and then that's kind of what you're doing with Biden. What I feel like I'll be doing with Biden. Uh, on Wednesday, I tweeted, uh, loved Midnight Run, but uh, weird sequel to Midnight Express. <laughs> Midnight Run's kind of an action comedy, and uh, Midnight Express is a horrific true story from the uh, 70s about a Turkish prison. Um, completely different, but fun. And, you know, maybe post that... Uh, 30 years ago when Midnight Run came out, 35 years ago. Okay, on Thursday I tweeted, back to school shopping for only items from the waist up. <laughs> back to school shop. Uh, uh, on Friday I tweeted, so depressed that I actually miss performing stand-up. I tweeted that. Not so de not, no, I'm not depressed that I, that I miss it. I'm so depressed that I miss performing it. Really matters where the emphasis is here. Different in print than an oral. Okay, uh, thank you for listening this week. These go fast, kind of? I don't know. Thanks for catching up. Subscribe. Just click on that button. Eventually, you know, we'll get this up on video and it'll be fine. Get some sponsors. Get a cool set behind me. We'll call it Keen Screen instead of Green Screen. And uh, and it'll be good. All right, guys, thanks. Keen on Things Podcast, K-E-A-N-E. -E. Thanks for joining. We'll see you next week. I love you. Take care, man.